Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, a reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am Chuck Kalazi. This is Monday, February the 26th, 2024. It is the Monday of the second week of Lent, and today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke. <clears throat> Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. So this is one of the most important things we are ever going to hear, and our salvation depends upon it. How we judge is how we will be judged. Notice something the Lord says, though. I mean, even in this, his mercy wins. In order to be forgiven, we have to forgive. That's plain and simple. It's funny. It's, it's about mercy, but it's justice at the same time. If we are not merciful, mercy will not be granted to us. And that's only just. We demand justice for everybody but ourselves. For ourselves, we want mercy. Jesus says it doesn't work that way. You have to be merciful in order to get mercy. Plain and simple. If we're holding grudges, we can't be forgiven our sins. But when it comes to goodness and generosity, Jesus says, and we've seen this over and over again in our lives, if we are good to others, if we are generous, if we are kind, if we give to God himself in different ways, he cannot be outdone in generosity. He will give us even more back. So that's a beautiful thing. But yes, how we measure will be measured back to us. We must remember this. I like to think of our hearts as just an open channel. It's like a pipe. You know, it's uh, if you block one end, the other end's going to be blocked. If you put water in a straw and then put your finger on the top of the straw, but the bottom is open, the water still will not pour out because you need to open the top to let it all flow through and let the air flow through after it. It's the same way with our souls. If we want to receive love, the love has to be going out of us. I did talk about this the other day a little bit <clears throat> when I was talking about Jesus saying uh, at judgment, God will have the sheep on one side and the goats on the other and the sheep, to the sheep, he will say, when I was hungry, you fed me, etc." To the goats, it's the opposite. Well, I was saying the other day that the goodness in our hearts, the identity of our souls, whether with the Lord or not with the Lord, goes hand in hand with works of charity. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, it's a little bit of both. <coughs> the point is, <coughs> excuse me, they go together. They go together. Our hearts are open on both sides. If you close one, the other one becomes closed as well. I think about, um, and once again, we need to be filled with love in order to give love. It's, it's just, it's, this is how it goes. This is how the mystery is. 
I think of Mother Teresa talking about charity. I always use her as an example. She realized in her life while she was running the Missionaries of Charity after she had founded it, that they weren't doing enough. They wanted to do more. She talked to the sisters about it. They wanted to do more. How do we love more? How do we give more love? Where are we going to get the time, the energy, the resources, the wherewithal to help more people? And you know what their solution was? The solution was, we're going to add a second holy hour every day to our constitutions. They're the only order in the church that as mandatory for every day of their religious life, they do two Eucharistic holy hours. And they're an active order, right? It's the contemplative orders that demand large amounts of prayer. But Mother Teresa believed, and she found it to be true, the more we take it in, the more we have to give out. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more love possesses our hearts. What's open on one side will be open on the other side. If we don't have enough charity to give, it's because we're not taking in enough charity. So <clears throat> I was thinking, too, of um, a talk, a beautiful talk given by Father Benedict Rochelle on purgatory. And once again, this is about the identity of our souls. He spoke of, you know, imagine... And, and this is so profound. Imagine you die, you are judged by the Lord, and the Lord says you're definitely not going to hell. You're going to heaven, but you're not ready yet. Your soul still needs to be purified, still needs to be perfected. And I forget exactly his words, and I know this talk was a long time ago when I heard it. I don't have any recordings of this talk. But he spoke of purgatory as being this reality that we enter into where we've seen the face of God. We've completely fallen in love with what we've seen, but we're not capable of that love. We're not capable of receiving it because we haven't given enough. Once again, both sides are not matching. Both sides are not compatible. But now that we've seen him face to face, we are head over heels in love with him. But we have not formed our souls to give that love to receive it and to give it, to channel it through. And so just as that love needs to be channeled through us, which, by the way, will be happening with us forever and ever and ever in heaven, God loves us infinitely and we love each other infinitely, and it goes on forever and ever and ever. Giving and receiving love, as it happens between the three, the, among the three persons of the Trinity, it will necessarily then happen through all of us the receiving and the giving of love. So purgatory, and it's good to know about purgatory because it's better if we do it in this life so that we're ready, so that we don't have to go to purgatory. What is it? Well, I'm perfectly now in love with God because I've seen him face to face, but I have not exercised that love of God or neighbor. And so purgatory, the pain of purgatory, it's a separation from God together with a longing and a yearning for him. The heart muscles have to become stronger. The heart has to grow. And so that pain of purgatory is, imagine yourself looking down a dark tunnel, and I know the face of God is on the other side of that tunnel. I got to get there. And so I'm yearning, and I'm, what am I doing? I'm loving. the Love, we know, Jesus told us, what's the greatest act of love? To give up your life. 
So love and suffering go hand in hand. There is a suffering in love. There's a suffering when we have a spouse. There's, as all you parents know, there's a great suffering when you have children, right? You can't control them. You can't protect them. You love them insanely. You, you need to help them make good choices, and then you have to let them go, and you want to be with them all the time. At least a lot of parents say that about a lot of their kids. Maybe it's not <laughs> altogether that way, but you get what I'm saying. So the Lord loves us insanely. When we've met him face to face, we will be completely insanely in love with him. The pain of hell is that we won't be able to be with him ever. The pain of purgatory is I have to strengthen my heart. I have to form my heart. I have to, and whatever that looks like, I don't know. I know if we're doing it in this world, we're performing acts of love. We're being self-sacrificial, forming ourselves to be better lovers, better at sacrifice, better at giving. It's that striving, saying, Lord, I want to be with you. I want to be like you. I want to be one with you. I want to become you. And then in doing so, we become that for our brothers and sisters. Once again, both ends are open. Both ends end up being equal. How we measure will be measured back to us. And so, A great mystery then that comes from this is that the more we love, the more we imitate Jesus, the more we become that self-sacrificial person, loving our brothers and sisters, the more then the people around us will become like this as well, because they see us giving and receiving the love, we're hopefully going to be giving them great deals of love. And then they say, well, I want that love. So what do they have to do? They have to clean out the vessel, the pipe, whatever you want to call it, the wire, the thing that needs to be open on both ends, right? They want to receive that love from us. So they're going to have to start giving that love. This is contagious and it's beautiful. And this is how we make the world a better place. Not through trying to outsmart everybody with our meetings and our groups and our committees and our policies but rather through love, plain and simple. You want to fix your, cha- your, your family, we do it through love, the giving and receiving. You want to fix your parish, we do it through love, the giving and the receiving. You want to fix your own soul, we do it through love, the giving and the receiving. And we remember, you know, Mary's perfect love that went straight to the cross with Jesus and endured all of that together with him for our sake You know, she was first given all that love in her immaculate conception. Mary was full of grace so that then she was able to be the perfect follower and the perfect mother then for you and for me. So we turn to her and we ask her to help us with this, that we may be open in both ways, receiving God's love and mercy with all our hearts, asking for more and more and more, and at the same time being willing And not just being willing, but doing it, giving all the love, the mercy, the kindness that we can. Have a great day. God bless you.